is Mark Weber? He's a self-made business executive here to help you find your success. From the New York City projects to the Avenue Montaigne in Paris, his global success story in the luxury world of fashion is inspirational. He's gone from clerk to CEO twice. Mark is classic proof that the American dream is alive and well. Here's your host of Always in Fashion, Mark Weber. You know, we're sitting here, you and I, like a couple of regular fellows. I mean, you do what you do, I do what I gotta do. And now that we've been face to face, if I'm there and I gotta put you away, I won't like it. But I'll tell you, if it's between you and some poor bastard whose wife you're gonna turn into a widow, brother, you are going down. There's a flip side to that coin. What if you do got me boxed in and I gotta put you down? Because no matter what, you will not get my way. We've been face to face, yeah. But I will not hesitate. Not for a second. This is Mark Weber. This is business. And this is a night to talk on Always in Fashion. A night to talk seriously, face to face. That was Al Pacino and Robert De Niro talking face to face. In this world, the complexity... The differences, the diversity, make our ability to communicate so much more easily and instantaneously than ever before. Yet the simpler it has become to talk, the more difficult it has become to communicate. Phones. The top priority is no longer the phone. We pay the least attention to the phone feature for communicating. There's been virtually no effort put forth to improve the phone listening quality, the speakers, etc. And Apple and the other makers will admit that because we're not asking for it. And why? Because smartphones, when it comes to talking, are not so smart. We don't seem to care about the sound quality of the telephone. The consumer is not demanding better. Yes, they're perfect for email. Yes, they're perfect for texting, and yes, for accessing any of the social mediums. It's perfect, your phone, for finding vast amount of information on the Internet, and now perfectly convenient for buying and purchasing just about anything. But as a phone, it's not developing. We don't realize, I guess, how incredible it is to talk to anyone in the world, anywhere in the world, from anywhere that you are. We're taking a cell phone for granted. I drove my car from the onset without a phone. Anywhere I would go, I would drive to Pennsylvania, to Florida without a phone, never giving it a moment's thought. But today, I'm uncomfortable. I freak out if I forget my phone to go to the cleaners. You want that phone in the car. It's part of you. Let's take a moment to think about it. The future is here. We can talk to anyone anytime you want. Yet, we're talking less and less. Texts and emails are growing. Talking, not so much. We can't blame the phone. It's there for us. It's not the phone. It's us. It's you, really. Talking is becoming a lost art. And face-to-face discussions are disappearing. Talking face-to-face seems to be avoided at all costs. When did you stop talking and started avoiding? I know it's easy to avoid dialogue. Today it's email and texting. 
impersonal to say the least, easy, non-confrontational, and easily avoidable for anything. We're at the point, or let me say, or let me restate, you're at the point. Dating is online. Relationships are via text. I remember how difficult it was for me to work up the courage, prepare myself to tell a young lady that I was dating that we would be no more. But face-to-face was the right way. Face-to-face to communication. It was uncomfortable, but that's what I did. That's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Face-to-face communication in business and in life and maybe some politics. Face-to-face with me tonight, Jesse Weber, my son, my attorney, my co-host here on Always in Fashion. I can't help but stay current on your relationships, being that I raised this point. We talk about that a lot, my relationships, apparently. You know, it's interesting. I went out with somebody recently, and she was a younger girl, and she said to me, I said, you don't go out to meet people anymore? And she goes, you know, ever since the online dating, and there's so many different apps, I go out with my friends, my girlfriends, just to go out to dance. I don't really look for anybody. If I want to look for somebody, I use the apps. If I go out, maybe maybe I'll see somebody, but I really wait for the apps. It's become a different world. In fact, I'll tell you, I, I would say it was a couple of years ago, I met a girl at one of an event. You and I went to an event. She was uh, working the event. I went up to her, started talking to her, got her number. We went out. Later on in that night, I met one of her friends and her friend says to me while my date went to the bathroom, she goes, you know, I heard how you went out. You, you went out of your way to get her number. I think that's really weird. I said, what do you mean? She goes, uh, who goes up to somebody and gets their number? I said, how should I have met her? You use an app like everybody else. Oh, gee whiz. That's today's day and age. I'm telling you, things have just changed. And the worst part about it, you ready for this? Yeah. When you break up with somebody, they cut you off of all social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, not just cut you off. I've been blocked. I can't even search for them anymore. Well, I'm glad it's your world. What can I say? But tonight, I want to talk about talking. In business and in life, if you master the oral word, you will be successful. There's no question your writing skills will play an important part in your career, but you need to know how to talk. So much of what is done via the internet and writing, and yes, you need to be capable of organizing your thoughts and articulating them via the written word. You got to be careful where you put your exclamation marks. I'm told that's a big deal. Putting things in capitals is a big deal. But the decisions in your career will be about FaceTime. Wait, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you. It's coming from you. Your emails need a lot of work. It's like... I care about talking. I don't even know what I'm... It's like Morse code. What's the thing called um, that changes your words around if you don't look Don't blame it on the Apple typo. That's not what it is. What is it called? You structure your emails like three three words, then the next sentence. It's like... What's uh, it called? Spell check. Don't blame it on spell spell check. check. What is it? Spell check? Uh, Listen to me. I'm on the radio. I'm a master at communicating the oral word. Writing... Yeah, I do it when I have to do, and it's certainly part of our culture. But tonight, I want to talk about FaceTime, not Apple time, not Apple FaceTime, real FaceTime, face-to-face communication. You're expressing of ideas, your relationships with your boss, your important communications with your subordinates, the people working for you will be face-to-face. Your ideas, your follow-through, direction, execution may take place through email, 
But think about it and trust me, it's the FaceTime that leaves the impressions. It's the FaceTime that can make or break you. Your ability to communicate and talk is the key. Now, if you're a listener to this show, you know I don't like humans. I don't have much faith in them. I just don't like them. If I were to work with only people I'd like, I'd be in a room by myself. <clears throat> what does that say about me? Uh, you're not included. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I hope not. But I really don't like humans, and everyone I know knows that I don't like humans. But in business, you have a responsibility to communicate with them. And in spite of Twitter, Instagram, emails, and text, talking sets the stage and is the best vehicle to get your ideas and thoughts across directly to all the people you interact with. The political world is all about FaceTime. You know who I want to talk about? Gina Haspel, the woman who was interviewing this week to be the head of the CIA. She was amazing if you listened to her interview. And I'll tell you why. Running the CIA has got to be an incredibly difficult job. And if you listen to this woman, she began in the field making clandestine meetings with spies and people in the middle of nowhere in foreign countries, the courage she displayed throughout her career to get where she got. And when you listen to her talk, I was so impressed with the degree of information she had at her fingertips. She had done it all, and now she's interviewing for the top spot. In spite of all the scandals, I respect our congressmen and senators. Yet, when you heard the questions they were asking her, trying to get personal information from one of America's most important covert operatives, when they started to talk about America's behind-the-scenes investigating principles, why are they asking those questions? It makes no sense. Why don't we just tell the whole world how we do everything? Now, I know they're smart. I know they have very learned. They're lawyers, they're attorneys, they're very smart people. But yet they kept probing, probing, probing. But what I took away is the more they asked her, the better she was. The more I was excited about her because she had done every single job there was to be done. She knew how to run the CIA. This should have been simple but it wasn't. I will tell you that the theme of tonight's show, Face to Face, was remarkable watching her testify face to face in front of the committee. And with that in mind, you could never do that via text. The eye contact, the face to face questioning, whether I like the questions or not, I don't even know why the whole thing wasn't done in closed session. You know, we're talking about the CIA here, we're not talking about uh, your favorite food. But it was interesting to watch the face-to-face. While I'm on the subject of politics, you know who else I want to talk about, Jesse? Donald Trump? Absolutely. Absolutely. He is, perhaps, one of the most effective communicators ever to occupy the Oval Office. Now, before you run a revolt on me, I know there's a lot of you out there that doesn't like the president. I happen to think he's an effective communicator. And I'll dissuade you for the moment and I give you a point of view on whether I like Donald Trump or not. In fact, I know Donald Trump. 
Did I ever say that on the radio? You've mentioned it a few times, I think. Did I? Well, let's assume you're a new audience tonight. I know Donald Trump. I actually devoted a chapter in my book, Always in Fashion, to Donald Trump. Chapter 17, and I entitled it, Negotiating with the Master. Donald Trump has a licensing business. He has a brand. He believes in the Trump brand. And with that brand, he likes to put his name on various different products. Products ranging from vodka to buildings to hotels to golf courses. And when I met him, he wanted to be in the men's apparel business. He believed during his period in The Apprentice that he was creating a demand for shirts, ties, suits, clothing. And he wanted my company at the time, the Van Usen Company, to be his licensee. And my guys came to me one day and said, Donald Trump wants to be our partner in shirts and ties and suits. I said, you know what? What do I need that for? Uh, Forget it. Go back and tell him we don't need it. we got enough good things going on. The following morning, the president of our uh, licensing business came in to me and said, Donald Trump wants to come up here. I said, come on. He said, no, Donald Trump wants to come come up here. Now, this was way before he was going to run for office. This is when he was running his business. I said, I'll tell you what. If Donald Trump, the man, wants to come up here and see me, then I'm going to come up and see him. And lo and behold, two days later, Donald Trump and his entourage, which weren't very many, came up to see me in my conference room. Hello, Mr. Trump. How are you? Hi, Mark. I've heard so much about you. I love your company. I have this brand, and I want you guys to be involved and make money. I was absolutely not interested. I had no interest whatsoever. I didn't need it. You know, Mr. Trump, we have a good business going on. Why do I need this? He said, uh, you know, I've done celebrity brands before. They come and go. They don't last the time. He said, you don't understand the Trump brand. And the point of the story is, is face-to-face, he was so articulate, so clever, so interested in building a brand with our company. He was flattering. He was tough. I was tougher. It made him crazy. He said, listen to me. You're very tough. I'm not sure I ever met anyone tougher than you. But if you trust me, we could build this brand together. And I please, I'd like you to think about it. Make a long story short, our people were enthused. We ended up doing it. We had a great run until he ran for office. The point is, face-to-face makes a difference. On the phone, I would have never agreed to anything. But face-to-face communicating, looking in his eyes, seeing how serious he was, seeing how important it was to him, really, really made a difference. And when I watch him communicate as president in his town halls or in his pep rallies from city to city, I find him to be the most effective communicator I've ever seen in the Oval Office. Now, does he get himself in trouble? Yes. Do some people dislike him? Yes. But those people there listening to him, talk to them face to face, hearing him tell you what's important to him, whether it's a border wall, whether it's peace in Korea, whether it's trade, whether it's being treated respectfully, whether it's putting America first. How come we all know all of these things as second nature? Because he wants to make America great again. And how is he doing it? Face to face. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk some more. Always in fashion. This is Mark Ripper. This is Always in Fashion. In 1998, orthopedic surgeon Dr. Taryn Rose brought comfort to the world of luxury shoes. She was trained as a surgeon and knew that women deserved to feel comfortable in their shoes and developed shoes that were designed to make the human body comfortable. 
She partnered with design experts and tech innovation to create a collection of shoes that looked beautiful and yet they were incredibly comfortable. Taryn Rose Footwear is about luxurious materials, sophisticated silhouettes, and comfort. They feature innovative comfort technology. Ladies, you want to be comfortable in your shoes. You want to be safe in your shoes. But more importantly, you want to look great in your shoes. Taryn Rose, developed by this brilliant surgeon. The Taryn Rose woman is refined and refuses to sacrifice comfort for style, or for that matter, style for comfort. These shoes are perfect for women who think on their feet, but not about their feet. Discover the latest Taryn Rose collection at tarynrose.com. Taryn Rose, the luxury of comfort. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. I said that I would see because I heard that you were a serious man to be treated with respect. But uh, I must say no to you. And I'll give you my reasons. It's true, I have a lot of friends in politics. But they wouldn't be friendly very long if they knew my business was drugs instead of gambling, which they regard as a, a harmless vice. But drugs is a dirty business. It, make, it doesn't make any difference to me what a man does for a living, I understand. But uh, your business is uh, a little dangerous. If you're worried about security for your million, the Tatalias will guarantee it. Oh, are you telling me that the Tatalias guarantee our investment? I have a sentimental weakness for my children, and I spoil them, as you can see. They talk when they should listen. But anyway, Senor Sonotso, I know it's final, and I wish to congratulate you on your new business. I know you do very well, and good luck to you, especially since your interests don't conflict with mine. Thank you. This is Mark Weber, and you just heard one of the great movie speeches of all time from Marlon Brando. Tonight on Always in Fashion, I'm talking face-to-face. I'm talking about the importance of talking face-to-face. That meeting took place face-to-face. Don Corleone, Marlon Brando, could have told his people, you know what, go tell Salazzo, you know, let him know that uh, I'm not interested. But no, he took the meeting face-to-face, and it became the critical point of the movie, their discussion, and the discussion amongst themselves face-to-face. I think speeches are incredibly important. I've spent a career out front of the companies that I work for. From as early as I can remember, you needed to be smart. I needed to be smart. I needed to be able to communicate. I needed to do all those things that I needed to do. But what I realized early on, that my oral skills mattered. My ability to communicate orally with people. Nothing is as clear as talking to someone face-to-face. You see their whites of their eyes. You see their expressions. The uh, psychology of you, your ability to read people comes into play. It's so important face-to-face. Otherwise, people are talking for you. You're being misrepresented, perhaps. You're not getting your points across as well. There is a game that we all know. It's called telephone. I whisper something in Jesse's ear. Jesse. And it comes out? Something completely different. (laughs) Exactly. And that's telephone. And you pass it along and you pass it along and you end up, your message is misconstrued. It happens every day in politics. It happens every day everywhere. 
But when you do it face to face and it's clear from you, first of all, you have no one else to blame but yourself. You're the one doing the talking, so you better know what you're talking about. But at least it's coming from you. You're making the points that you want to make. I like to communicate in speeches. I've done it my whole career, as I said, starting out till the days I became senior VP, executive VP, president, CEO, board member. I've had to make my own speeches. And I think it's really important to communicate directly with the people I work with face-to-face, ensuring that you hear it direct from the horse's mouth, in this case, me, my ideas, my vision, my view of the company, what I'm doing, what am I doing to make the company a better company? What are the opportunities? No interpretations. I'm leaving you with what I want you to be left with. I love your speeches. Ah, do you? Love your speeches. 500 people knew at the end of your speech what you wanted them to know, and I think that's the key. That's the key to giving a good speech. Thank you, Jesse. That's what I'm trying to do, and thanks for the, uh, the nice words. I always try to set an example for you and for the people that were standing there. I have an idea. Why don't we do the following? Why don't I make a speech right now just to make the point, first, of course, welcoming the audience to the speech. Um, I think, although I am a CEO and a big shot, I want to be a man of the people. I want to come across like I'm one of them, that I'm not above them. Uh, I want to make sure I have a clear message, make sure they understand that this is a great company, that there are reasons that they're at this company we're going to talk about right now. Um, I'll tell you what, Jesse, why don't you take the anchor position and introduce me? Uh, Let's see, take one of my titles. Which title would you like to use? Let's do uh, CEO of LVMH Inc., Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy Inc. It's the U.S. subsidiary. Impressive. That was me? That was you. (laughs) Let's go. Let's do that speech. So, Jesse, why don't uh, we do this? Why don't you introduce me, and I will give a speech to the audience. Okay. Hello there, everybody. I'm Jesse Weber. I'm uh, Mark Weber's son. Now, I've known Mark Weber for a long time. (laughs) I remember being born, (laughs) looking at him in the face and saying, huh, it's a good-looking guy. I hope I get some of that one day. Now, I've watched his career, I've watched his life, and it is my pleasure right now to introduce you to the CEO of LVMH, Inc., Mark Weber. (laughs) Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. And what a nice welcome for my son of all people. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Look at you out there, all 500 of you, dressed well. You're really beautiful and handsome. Hold on one second. Let me get my phone. Here we go. I'm going to take a picture of all of you. Hold on. Oh, it's going to take panorama. Give me a break here. Here we go. Wow, you guys look great. I'm going to share that with all of you later. Yes, my name is Mark Weber. I know most of you. I've been with this company now for nine years. Prior to that, I've been with many companies. Where I've been, I have to admit, a fairly senior executive. I became a president the first time in 1986, and since then I've really had a a spectacular time working for a number of companies, and I'm pleased to be here with you tonight. 
I'm really thrilled to be part of Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy because it's one of the world's great companies, and we're going to touch on that in a minute. But I also have to tell you, I didn't start at the top. Like you, I had to start somewhere, and I began as a clerk. I will tell you, I began as the lowest paid clerk in the company at that time. I remember my boss being very proud when he hired me, hiring me for salary less than anyone else. So when you see me up here talking and standing in front of you as the CEO of a company, I want you to know that you too could be up here. And nobody handed this to me. I began as a clerk and I worked my way up. Having said that, why is this a great company? First of all, it has an accumulation of some of the world's great brands. Louis Vuitton, Dior, Givenchy, Sephora, Berluti, Laura Piana, on and on. An amazing, amazing company. And it's a place for you because this company recognizes that the people that work in it are more important than even the brands we run because you are the people that will make the brands great. You are the people that we need to take the company to the next level. You are the people, and that's what makes this company special. We understand that we need people. As a group, here and around the world, there's over 100,000 employees, so just keep in mind, one of these great jobs, standing here before you, you could be the CEO. There's no reason you can't be. And those of you who really, really want to strive for the top, I'll tell you two things. One, be very, very curious. Always look to learn as much as you can. And two, any of you that can speak foreign languages, you are our hero. This is a company that operates in every market, in every country, in almost every city around the world. Those of you who speak multiple languages, you have a great opportunity with this company. And those of you who don't, it's never too late to learn. What a great place for you. Talk about learning. Think about a company that owns brands and shipbuilding, fashion, communications, hotels, jewelry, apparel, footwear, handbags. Amazing company. And like the United States of America, the land of opportunity, this company can be the land of opportunity for you. Here in the United States and around the world, I know for sure here in the United States. Now, having said this, I want to leave you with a short message that any one of you can be successful. It's not easy. You need a whole lot of different skills to get to the top if that's what you want. You have to be able to write. You have to be able to communicate. It shouldn't matter how you look, but it does. Yet we all can't be tall. We all can't be thin. We all can't be beautiful. It takes a lot of different types. But you can look your best. You should care about the way you look. This is business. You're competing. And while you should like, admire, and respect everyone sitting next to you, you are competing with them. So it's your obligation to do everything you can to make yourself look presentable and present properly. Perhaps there's nothing more important in communicating than your oral word your ability to speak, your ability to get your ideas across, your ability to explain your vision, your ability to explain to people what you're doing, why you took the direction you took, and how pleased you are when you start to become a manager, telling the people that work for you how well they're doing and how much you appreciate what they're doing. With that in mind, I'm glad you came tonight. 
I look forward to seeing you soon. I'm so thrilled to be here with you tonight. And I look forward to you growing and prospering in this company. Good night. Now that is face-to-face communication. And as I said before, the reason I like making speeches is because people now know what I'm thinking, not what someone that works with me thinks I'm thinking or saying I'm thinking face-to-face. Jesse, did you like that? You heard the applause. (laughs) Did you take anything away from it? All the points that we hit before the speech you nailed. So you got your goals and you were able to deliver them well. Well, that is the power of face-to-face. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue talking. You and I, Jesse and me, and the three of us together. Always in fashion. This is Mark Webber. This is Always in Fashion. And I love a product where form follows function. If you are a fan of the NFL, the National Hockey League, or Major League Baseball coming into the season, you like clothes that speak to your team that allow you to be great fans, that allow you to get into the action and feel a part of it. There is a collection called Hands High Apparel, brought to you by Jimmy Fallon. These clothes are inventive sports team clothes that you will love wearing when you go to those games. And I got news for you. When you're not there and you want to look casual and you want to have a good time speaking to your team, Hands High by Jimmy Fallon is for you. The techniques they use to print The treatments on the sleeves, the arms, the back, these are great-looking products that really tell a story, that allow you, the fan, to be part of that team. Hands High Apparel. Check it out at your local stores, guys. You're going to love it. Go online, and you'll see it as well. Hands High by Jimmy Fallon. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. You wanted me. Here I am didn't disappoint you let five people die then you let Dent take your place even to a guy like me that's cold where's Dent? those mob fools want you gone so they can get back to the way things were but I know the truth there's no going back you've changed things forever and why do you want to kill me? (laughs) I don't want to kill you What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, 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 you, you complete me. You're garbage, you kills for money. Don't talk like one of them, you're not. Even if you'd like to be. To them, you're just a freak, like me. They need you right now. But when they don't, they'll cast you out, like a leper. See, their morals, their code, it's a bad joke. We've dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. This is Mark Weber, and this is Always in Fashion, and tonight it's face-to-face. Batman meeting the Joker, face-to-face. 
Nothing left for interpretation. Head-to-head, but in this case, face-to-face communication. Somewhere along the line, the world gave us a gift, the cell phone. The ability to talk to anyone you want at any time you want, anywhere in the world you want. Yet, it seems like we're forgetting how to talk. While that phone is there, our communication is changing. It's about text messages. It's about emails and all the other apps, Instagram, Facebook, etc., the way we're communicating, and yet the cell phone is there. We're not using our oral skills the way we once did. We're avoiding people. That's who we are now. We're avoiders, trying to avoid confrontation, trying to avoid tackling the difficult things. Having said that, I'm talking about face-to-face. And the subject I want to talk about right now is a little off, a little different. Let's talk about what it's like to talk behind someone's back. In business, if you talk behind a coworker's back, all it is is sending a signal that your character isn't just that right. Frankly, I've talked to people and I've seen people talk about everyone behind their back and only two things come to mind. One, I don't like them. And two, they'll do it to me. They'll talk behind my back. Here's a story I want to tell. It's one of my favorite stories in business. It's about talking behind my back, but it's, it was so flagrant and so obnoxious and so ego-driven that the person doing the talking didn't realize that I was sitting there listening. I was at a company dinner. I had recently become the president of this time was of the Phillips Van Using Corporation, the president of the whole place. I was sitting there, we were having a corporate dinner, two seats down from me. There was a fella, I'll call him Steve. I won't tell you his real name. Started talking. Maybe he had a drink, maybe he didn't. He was talking about how smart he was and how stupid the company was. And he talked about how his 401k dived in the last year that it was worth $100,000, now it was only worth $40,000. And he talked about how stupid the management of the company was and how they can, he can't believe that the company made these decisions and now that's the 401k and the stock is all bad, etc. And I'm sitting there listening with one ear to the person right next to me, but really my ear is trained on what this guy's saying. Yeah, I've done that too. Yeah, I paid attention. And I'm listening, and he's talking. It's getting worse and worse. Now, here's the problem. One, I'm the president of the company. The CEO of the company is my great ally, my greatest friend. And this guy is talking about us. We're the guy. We're the management. Who is he talking about? As Jerry Seinfeld would say. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> who, are, who are these people? Who is he talking about? Well, he was talking about me, and he was too stupid and too arrogant to realize that he was talking about me two rows, two seats down, and I'm listening to this. Now, that's not the only reason that I'm upset about this and his stupidity. He's an officer of the company. He's a vice president of the company. He has an obligation to take the company line. He has an obligation to speak well of the company. So if somebody would ask him what happened to the 401k or what happened to the stock, he said, listen, Listen, this happens in business. 
Sometimes companies run into a difficult spot. We didn't do this quick enough, or our competition got there before us. But this is not an issue. Don't worry about it. I have faith in the company. I have faith in the brands. I know the management. They're going to do the right thing. And you watch. In the next six months to a year, we're going to really blow out of this doldrum. That's what I expect him to say. He's an officer of the company. But the real part that really, really bothered me, even if the other two issues didn't, this is a guy that we took under our wing. This is a guy who came to the company. He was introduced to us by a friend of the company, told us that he would appreciate us hiring him. And over the course of his short career with the company, let's say three years, he went from clerk to vice president, from no one to someone, because we were looking out for him. Now, granted, he was a very, very capable guy. I expected more. Now, as it turns out, he was a protected guy. What do I mean by that? He came in a friend of the company. We did everything we could to train him. We made sure he was taken care of. We made sure he was given every benefit the company could give him, including every special opportunity the company had to offer during the course of this tenure. We looked out for him. No one could touch him. He was protected. I'll never forget his arrogance and his ego came in front of the president of the shirt company. And she came to me one time and said, I can't take this guy, Mark. He thinks he's so smart. He's a troublemaker. He says bad things. He's not as smart as he thinks he is. I really don't think he belongs here. I'd like to move him if it's okay with you. I thought about it. As I said, we were watching out for him, and I said, look, do your best to make it right with him. We care about this guy. We want him to do well. And I wouldn't let anything happen. Fast forward a year later, I'm at this dinner table. I'm listening to this arrogant guy who's not only arrogant, he's stupid because he doesn't know I'm listening. And here is he talking about the management of the company being stupid. And yours truly was one of the management of the company. Following day, I walked down to the office of the president of the shirt company. And I said, how is my friend here doing? He says, look, I tried very hard to turn him around. He's still not very good. He's not as good as he thinks he is. I don't particularly like him. And left to my own devices, I would sever him from the company. I listened. I smirked. I smiled. And I said, he's no longer protected. You could sever him. And that week, he no longer was with the company. So the moral to the story here is you're going to be face-to-face. In this case, you better be smart. What you say matters. And when you're communicating, you got to know what you're doing. Face-to-face. Be back in a minute. Always in fashion. This is Mark Weber from Always in Fashion. I've talked to you before about the Van Usen Flex Collar Shirt, the shirt that moves with you when you move, the unbelievably comfortable Flex Collar Expandable Collar. I have great news from you from Van Usen. They have now expanded from Flex Collars to entire collection of men's sportswear, pants, knitwear, and, of course, the Flex Collar Dress Shirt. If you're a casual Friday company, you still have to look right. You're still in business. You're still competing with everyone else around you. Now you could do it in style and comfort. 
pants with stretch fabric and stretch technology that allow you to be comfortable whatever your activities are that day. And all the shirts and all the sportswear that you can now buy under that Flex collection are uniquely you. Great-looking style, great comfort from Van Usen, the Flex Collection. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. You came at me! Because you're a criminal, Bob. And it's my job to shut him down and put him in jail. Well, if that's true, you're not very good at it. You're also full of shit. What have I done wrong? Really? Except make money. Succeed. All these rules and regulations, arbitrary. Chalked up by politicians for their own ends. And these fines you're always going after? Where do they go? Who gets them? The poor? No. The treasury. The government. It's taxation by other means. Save the civics lesson. The fines are the minimum of what you should have to pay. Oh, you decide what cases to take, and you only take the cases you won't lose. But you got it wrong with me. Because this country was built on industry and competition. So they will always have a place for me. And maybe a few generations from now, they'll tell stories about you. Like they do Jesse James or Billy the Kid, the rugged individual who won't back down to the unimaginative, do-gooder authorities. Only in reality, those guys stole and hurt and destroyed lives. Now you say you don't think you've harmed anyone. I say that the effect is the same. Worse even, because you infect the entire world. This is Mark Weber. This is Always in Fashion. This is talk tonight on our show. In particular, I'm talking face to face. You just heard a segment from the great show Billions that's on Showtime right now, negotiating hardcore face to face. I've been a negotiator my whole career, as many of you have been. I'm convinced of one thing. You cannot negotiate via email, text, what have you. You've got to do it face to face. You do it over the mail. You think you're gaining something, but you're really not. You need to be looking at your opponent across the table and don't ever forget it. That's what they are, your opponent. The smartest negotiators are the ones that can figure out how to get what they want and give something to that other person across the table so they have what they want. You will always should get a little more. That's what you're trying to do. But two people walk away from a negotiation happy. I think that's what you're looking for. You know, actually, I don't think I know that's what you're looking for. With that in mind, I want to talk about negotiating around the world. I've traveled around the world 10 times over, and I've negotiated around the world. I've had some fun times and interesting times. Korea's in the news. They were the most interesting people I ever met to negotiate with. The Koreans were tough, tough, tough people. It's no surprise when you're living 10 miles from the demilitarized zone where the Korean War was fought. Whenever I negotiated with the Koreans, I'd walk in, be prepared to negotiate, and I realized early on that you never negotiate with them. Oh, you can talk, you can go back and forth, but they're going to guide you exactly where they're going to go, where they want to go, and you're going to agree. If you want to buy product in that country, you want to get the benefit of their price, the labor, the workmanship, and their ingenuity, whatever the case may be, automobiles, textiles, it's going to be their rules. That's what I liked about them. It was never a guess. You just were going to try and figure out how close you'd come to where you want to be. In China and Hong Kong, it was very different. 
than negotiating here in the United States. Every company you're doing business with pretty much is the founding family managing it. You're talking to the founder, you're talking to the daughters, their heirs, people who kept the business alive. And what was amazing about negotiating with those people is the long-term thinking. When you negotiate and you're a public company in the United States, you're worried about the next quarter, you're certainly worried about the next half, and you're certainly worried about the year. When you're dealing with Chinese families, they're worrying about perpetuity. They're worrying about and they're interested in making sure that they and their children and their children's children and the children's children's children have a business that they can run and they can prosper for them. That family business is forever. And therefore, they're very interesting to negotiate with. When I would go to Japan, it was also very fascinating. Japan, the people are very, very polite. Half the time, I wonder what they were talking about behind my back. Can't imagine they all liked me. I was such a brass American. But nonetheless, they were always polite. Partially because, do you know, when you ask for Japan for something, there is no word no. There is no Japanese word that translates to no. Maybe that explains the politeness. They're very efficient. They get what's done. You can negotiate with them, but it was always very pleasant. It took a lot to get someone mad. I don't think I ever saw anyone get mad in Japan. But one of my favorite stories has to do with the New York Yankees. Go Yankees. They're doing incredibly well right now. Winning, winning, and winning. It's so exciting. Young team, powerful team, amazing to watch. I'll never forget I was in Europe, in Sweden, and I was negotiating with a brand, with the owners of a brand. There were three partners. And the company, we owned the brand in the United States, and we had rented the name to them for around-the-world usage. During the course of the negotiations, the CEO of the partners, the three guys that owned this company in Europe, distributing the product throughout Europe, got very angry at me because I owned the brand and I was giving him direction on how I wanted it to be managed. And he finally lost his cool and he said, you Americans, you think the World Series is a baseball game played in Yankee Stadium once a year when everyone else in the world knows that the World Series is called the World Cup, played every two years around the world in every city and country of the world. We know that as saga. I thought that was a great lesson about life and learning. My favorite, favorite story, though, of all time about negotiating, took place in the south of France. And yes, I used to go to the south of France a lot because I worked for a French company, Louis Vuitton Moet at Hennessy, and because we had our strategic plan meetings every June, right after those strategic plan meetings, I'd get on a plane and fly from Paris to Nice with either Jesse or his brother, depending who was free. And Jesse and I did it very often. And I would go to the south of France, and I wanted to go to Cannes. Cannes is the scene where the movie To Catch a Thief took place. Cary Grant, Grace Kelly, one of my favorite movies of all time, the hotel that the entirety of the movie, or a big part of the movie took place, was at the Carlton Hotel right on the water in Cannes. I had to stay there. And the first time I stayed there, it was magical for me because I knew that movie from when I was a little boy. I watched it. So I was at the Carlton Hotel with Jesse on this one particular trip. Get in there, get in the door. You can't imagine what it was like negotiating for a decent room. I must have been in five different rooms till we finally got one that they were willing to uh, rent to us at some excruciatingly expensive price. 
There were competing with Arab sheiks, Russian oligarchs, and some of the richest people in the world. But somehow or another, my title and my willing to uh, pay a little more and maybe tip the front in person at the front got me a decent room overlooking the water. But that's not the purpose of the story. We're in Khan. It's beautiful. Every day is sunny. Every meal you eat outdoors. The breakfast buffet to this day is probably my favorite meal of all time. Remember the breakfast, Jess? Mm, uh, so good. And the weather and the palm trees and looking out at the Riviera. Amazing. Paradise. Paradise. But the Carlton Dinner Restaurant outside was, pardon my French, the coup d'etat. It was amazing. Now I've stayed at the hotel, and this is one of the first trips I get there, and I realize there's a pecking order for where you sit in the restaurant. And when we get there, face-to-face, which is our theme of tonight, talking face-to-face, I started chatting it up with the maitre d' and started pointing to the tables that I wanted to sit in on the first night. He said, I'm sorry, sir, that's already reserved. I said, how about for the next night? He said, well, you come down tomorrow, we'll see, which really meant take care of me and I'll do it for you. Didn't realize it at first. The next night we went down there, tried to get that table or the table in that area, didn't get it again. So finally I asked one of the waiters, how do you get to sit there? And he said, in his French accent, you have to have a relationship face-to-face with the maitre d'. Aha. So the next night, I went down after dinner. That night, after dinner, I went to the maitre d' and I said, I'd like to have that table tomorrow. And he said, uh, okay, I have to think about it. I gave him 100 euros, which was at the time $132. And lo and behold, the next night we came down, we got the table, and now we're being looked at. We're being seen. Jesse and I dressed properly for the south of France in June, looking great. And now we're where we want to be sitting in the restaurant I want to be sitting. Jesse and I went shopping that day, having a great time. Talk about you need to know culture and you need to know what's going on face-to-face. Jesse and I were in a store, and we found what would be the most beautiful sweat top. Well, not sweat top, the most beautiful what kind of jacket would you like call Like a zip-up top, like a zip-up a zip-up jacket top. Made out of fleece. Yeah. In beautiful writing, it said Italy you know, on it the front. It said Italia. Italia. Yeah. White. It was beautiful. beautiful. Really, really nice. White, white top, zip jacket, and he wore it with white pants and sneakers, and we came down. And we go to the maitre d', and we said we'd like to sit at our table. And he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and why? I was wearing the Italia jacket. In France, and what was going on at that time? The World Cup, and who was fight? Who was up against each other? France and Italy, and who won? <laughs> Italy. And he looked at me. He said, "Monsieur, there's not enough money in the world for me to give you the seat you want tonight, wearing that shirt." <laughs> lesson learned. Talk about face to face. Listen, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. We'll be back in a minute. Always in fashion. This is Mark Webber. This is Always in Fashion. And my favorite shoe brand, Aquatalia. Aquatalia is a very interesting shoe brand. Made in Italy. That's where the Talia comes from. And Aqua, they're waterproof. This is a collection of men's and women's shoes that are not only contemporary and styled brilliantly, but they're also waterproof. So you guys and gals... You don't have to change your shoes in inclement weather. And I should tell you how comfortable they are. Not only are they fashion style right, but they're comfortable. You can wear them wherever you go. 
Aquitalia designs are contemporary, yet there's a classic feel to them. They're easy to wear. They're elegant, yet they're for every day. High quality and low maintenance. The true foundation of timeless wardrobe. Something you could wear every day and not worry about it. Aquitalia is footwear that is made for discerning men and women who make bold moves and want to look their best without sacrificing fashion or comfort. You should explore the latest collection of Aquitalia.com. Aquitalia has amazing styles, beautiful fabrics, beautiful silhouettes. You should really look for them. You can find and explore Aquitalia's latest collection at Aquitalia.com or visit the flagship store at 965 Madison Avenue in Manhattan, Aquitalia, A-Q-U-A-T-A-L-I-A. Wherever the weather goes, they will take you. Made in Italy and waterproof, the best combination. This is Mark Weber, and this is Always in Fashion. There is a brand called DKNY. It's Donnacare in New York. I am familiar with it. I spent nine years there as the CEO. If there's one thing I know about that brand, it's fashion and quality at the highest level. The products are sensational. The styling is great. You know, fashion comes and goes, but your style is forever. Having a collection of clothes that is right, that will make you look correct at all times is so important. It's so important to the way you look. And it's very helpful when there's a collection that is on point. It's modern. It's contemporary. It tells the world that you know what you're doing. DKNY suits are navies, blacks, grays, charcoals. They're sensational. The shirts are whites and blues and beautiful patterns. The neckwear is very, very simple but very elegant. Right up my alley. I love those looks. And what they do for spring is they put in some shots of great color. It's simplistic but so practical. Pops of electric colors, sherbet, orange, watermelon, and lime. Just the right tone of soft colors to make those fashion products and those basic colors look outstanding. DKY outerwear also is something to marvel at. You have the right piece of outerwear. It makes a statement simple, elegant, contemporary, and right, but it tells a story. And DKY outerwear is amazing. The fall stuff was great. Now the follow-up for spring really, really looks sensational. You can find DKY at Macy's. Or online. Go find it. I'm telling you. This is my recommendation. As I said, nine years working there. I know how good it is. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. Heaven. I'm in heaven. And my heart beats so that I can hardly speak And I seem to find the happiness I seek When we're out together dancing cheek to cheek Mark Weber, tonight it's about face-to-face. How important it is to learn how to talk, to speak. You've got your phone. It's not just for texts. It's not just for emails. It's about talking. So much in life takes place face to face. And it's important for you to realize that your career is tied into how you talk, 
how you present yourself and how you communicate with people. We have so many options and so many ways to communicate today, but nothing, nothing is more effective than looking someone in the eyes, understanding what they're thinking, watching their body language, and determining what's important for you and for them. And that takes face-to-face. With that in mind, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. I hope you learned a little something. I hope you had a little fun. I'd like to say to you, face-to-face tonight, Jesse and I enjoyed our time with you. We'll talk to you soon. Good night. And my heart beats so that I can hardly speak And I seem to find that happiness I see When we're out together swinging cheek to cheek Thank you for joining Mark Weber and Always in Fashion. See you next week.